Hello, and welcome once again to the AFA Podcast, the official podcast for AnimationForAdults.com. And thank you for joining us today for our 79th episode. We're coming close up on our anniversary. Uh, and my name is Rachel, and joining me today is uh, co-editor and co-owner Chris. Hello. Hello, Rachel. Hey, I'm so sorry I've been away for so long. It's, it's okay. Life, life's been busy. And, Life has uh, been very busy, but I am very happy to be back, and we're going to be bringing a very special program today. We are going to be covering some very interesting news that has come out of both of two very special events that's uh, I think just happened only within a few weeks of each other. Same week. Uh, that, same week. That, same week. Exactly. <laughs> Man, it is busy time in, in, in June, for goodness sake. It's, um, yeah, that it would be uh, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, or more commonly known as E3 and the Annecy Film Festival. So basically how we're going to break down today's episode is we are going to go at, you know, by event and we're going to start with E3, kind of going at how we normally go about our um, more of our casual episodes where we kind of discuss trailers and just going to offer our thoughts on them. So we're basically going to break down E3 by mostly through its trailers and what kind of uh, interesting gameplay and animation will be coming out in the next couple of years or what, what updates they've given us. And then we're going to go right into Annecy and talk about, you know, some interesting news that's come out of there that would be worth talking about, including new films and some very interesting festival announcements. So, starting off with E3, they basically kind of kept it. It was more of an update, basically, for hardware and new games coming out. But there were a few really interesting trailers that caught our eye. Uh, one in particular that I think was a really big hit or went over really well with audience was during the Sony conference and that was the gameplay trailer for the uh, Marvel's Spider-Man for the oh. PlayStation 4. <laughs> it's so good. Oh, wow. No, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I was... I mean, part of me is still a little skeptical because we really don't know have a good handle on what the story is going to be because, you know, obviously with Spider-Man it could be almost anything and we've only have a certain idea of what other characters could be involved, but other than that, in terms of just how the game looks and feels like during actual gameplay, it was a lot more than I was expecting in terms of like of gameplay mechanics. I mean, just the whole series where you see Spider-Man sneaking around the construction site, you know, webbing guys up from a distance and then just wrapping them up like like an actual spider. That was pretty freaking sweet. Yeah, you, you kind of feel like you know how it plays from having seen it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you think, yes. And you get to be Spider-Man and swing around and and this city looks amazing. It looks almost uh, almost like open-worldy type thing where <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, very common with um with a lot of the Spider-Man games because I'm uh think they've it's one of the at least one of the more popular aspects about them that they've haven't been going since the second Spider-Man game, at least the one that was based off the uh the second movie, but kind of embracing the whole open world and swinging around the city of New York. But at least from what we've seen in this one action sequence, it does like the web swinging open world gameplay does look like it's going to be very, very fun. But I think what really surprised me the most was how they handled the combat animation. That looked as like as smooth as it could possibly be, and it kind of almost reminded me of. Um, I think a lot of people are making comparisons with uh, the Batman Arkham games in terms of you know kind of how you know a guy will come up from behind Spider-Man, like reach to punch him, he'll react with his spider sense, and then you press a button, and then Spider-Man will do a counter animation. 
but it's very characteristically like Spider-Man like movements. You know, he's flipping, you know, doing all these crazy jumps and coming right back and hitting the guy in the face and all that good stuff. I have to confess, I've barely played the Batman games. I know everyone raves about them, but I think I played a demo once and mm-hmm. possibly got stuck somewhere in the demo. I went, oh, maybe this isn't for me. I don't know. Yeah, um. I mean, <laughs> the Batman games aren't for everybody. I mean, some ty- some of the installments of the Arkham uh, games are better than others, but at least in terms of the how but how the combat flowed, it was it was very very cool. It felt like you were you know. Batman, you know, just like just like dodging punches like left and right, and just you know, super cool, and just always getting one up on the enemy and sneaking up behind them. And that mechanic works just as well as Spider-Man, if not better, with Spider-Man than it did for Batman. At least from what I can tell so far. I mean, it's still relatively early on in terms of showing off what they have, and I think that I saw some. I did notice some frame rate issues, but it wasn't really. It wasn't anything too bad. Well, it's like still like a year off as well. Oh yeah, no, it's, it's it's still got plenty of uh, time to go through the ringer and get uh, all the problems I, that could potentially have ironed out, but it's still, from from just having a simple, you know, test gameplay footage, it's, what they have is really promising. There's a stealth there, and um, mm-hmm. um, people said about lots of quick time events or whatever, lots of things where you've got to press a button at the right time, but, you know, I don't think that's you get that in Uncharted and Tomb mm-hmm. Raider and stuff like that. I don't think it's too. It's obviously not the main part of the game because mm-hmm. it's got proper proper Spider-Man stuff in it. So you know, just having the occasional press triangle now is isn't too big a problem. <laughs> no, I mean it's really the. The, the problem with quick time events, at least from my, what I've experienced from previous games, is how they're used. If they're basically the only way that you can interact with the game, obviously that's not going to be as exciting as actually physically running around and doing stuff. But if it's perfectly timed, it does give a bit of more of a kind of like a cinematic flair to the proceedings. Like, I mean, um, there have been plenty of games that have kind of done that. Fighting games have done that. Um, and just a whole bunch of different ones. And it's it's... It really like it can be an easy uh, gameplay mechanic to abuse, but I don't. It doesn't seem like they're going to abuse it here. Since there's so much other stuff that you can do. It's it's Insomniac doing this, isn't it? Who did yeah. did they did they Jack and Daxter? Is that or Ratchet and Clank? No, that's Jack and Daxter was Naughty Dog. Um, oh, yeah. Insomnia, if I recall, was uh you you were you were on the right track. Of uh, thinking of a dynamic uh, video game duo, but it was actually Ratchet and Clank. Yeah, Yeah. I knew it was one or the other. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if it's if it's Insomniac, I'm pretty much at least in regards to uh, the writing, the comic writing that Spider-Man is so famous for. I have a good feeling that they'll have that down pat because that was that was a really good part of uh, what made Ratchet and Clank so endearing. That's a whole whole other thing. Like if you're a fan of the characters and stuff is is that it's a whole new story that separate from the movies they think it's a whole new take on the characters and with new actors and stuff and mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 interesting that's the route that they went for a spider movie movie especially since it's not but we're not long for the uh spider-man homecoming film that should be coming out later on this summer 
But, uh, yeah, you, it would have been really easy to just kind of, like, make it associated with that whole franchise and universe, but they actually went and decided, like, no, we're going to make this a very separate story, you know, different actors and, you know, all that. I mean, I was really surprised when I started listening to the gameplay trailer and Spider-Man opens his mouth and I'm like, oh, wait, I know who that is. <laughs> I know exactly who that is. Someone I Yuri Lowenthal, the act, an actor who, uh, voice actor who's been in a lot of uh, Japanese animation and quite a few cartoons as well, and I video knew, games and cartoons. I knew it was someone famous, but I didn't want to. I didn't want to say it because I, I, I had two names in my head and I didn't want to say the wrong one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's either Yuri Lowenthal or it's um, who was the other one? What's, what's his name? I can't remember. <laughs> Not Johnny Youngbush. Uh, no, no. No, not him. No, ironically enough, normally anything that has Yuri Lowenthal in it, normally Johnny Youngbush is also in it for some reason. I don't know. Those two must be bros or something, or at least just go to a lot of the same uh, uh, jobs, because that's just, I almost always, whenever I hear, you know, hear an anime cast, if I see, you know, Yuri Lowenthal's voicing a character, Johnny Youngbush is somewhere in the cast as well. I really want to know what the story is behind that, if either actor has a story on that. But that's beside the point. Uh, one of, you know, as you can tell from our reactions, we're really excited about Spider-Man, our Marvel Spider-Man coming out for the PlayStation 4. That was one of the major highlights for the Sony press conference. There were also a few others that were relatively interesting, at least the new God of War, a lot of people are getting excited for. And, uh, and then also we have the trailer for, um, I believe... Beyond Good and Evil was announced. Oh, I didn't think it might be at another conference. Yeah, there's a sequel for Beyond Good and Evil, which is uh, kind of an underrated uh, game that came out for the PlayStation 2 a while back. And GameCube, I think. I think it's more associated with... I think it might have started off on GameCube, even. Which is, Yes, you're right. I think which is part of the reason for it being obscure is because mm -hmm. it was, you know, started off on GameCube and then maybe it was... Uh, converted later, uh, ported later. Um, I I never played it, so I don't have the fondness for it. Um, the trailer was interesting. Uh, the animation was <laughs> impressive. Uh, there was a lot of effing and jeffing. Um, yes, it there was. was. It was uh, it Cockney accents. It was a bit. Yeah, I. I remember thinking it's like it's directed by Guy Ritchie in the 90s and then <laughs> then I, I think I saw someone else mention, say it was like Guy Ritchie I was like oh see it's not just me who thought that it's just like fuck you know mate it was just like Wah. you map it it was yeah. <laughs> it's like uh yeah you, have, you probably have more of an opinion on that than I do but it was just, it was it was very over the top for sure Mm hmm. It seems kind of. I don't know, is that appropriate? Why is it being good and beyond good and evil? It's like, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I don't, well, I don't remember. From what I remember seeing of the original, there, it wasn't particularly accent heavy, so I'm. It is That is an interesting direct uh, direction decision, but still, like you said, focusing on the animation itself, though the trailer, it was very well done, and while it's more of a, you know, kind of get hyped, this game is coming out. You know, it's, it's been announced for develop, development. We still have no idea what the game itself is going to look like. So we'll. That's again, it's a wait and see kind of deal. 
But uh, at least fans of this franchise can rejoice because they never thought there was, you know, after that one game, that was going to be a one and done. But apparently it's getting a sequel. Yay. Okay. Yay. I don't know. I don't know. I I don't have particularly strong opinion apart from, well, there was some sweary Cockney monkeys. I don't know. (laughs) Well, um, I guess in regards to, if I may return to our uh, point about quick time events, um, there is, uh, there was another trailer that came up for the Sony press conference that I remember um, is made by the same studio that uh, has made games like uh, Heavy Rain and uh, I forget what's the other one. Heavy Rain was the one that I played I'm, I'm most familiar with, but it's um, a studio that's focused more on cinematic gameplay. Oh, and I believe the trailer the... for this is called Detroit Beyond Two Detroit Souls Heaven. was the other one. Sorry. Yeah, Beyond Two Souls. Mm-hmm. And uh, their new title, which they had on display for, um, for E3, they had a new trailer for, was Detroit Become Human. And... Uh, one thing's for sure, if we're talking animation-wise, it is definitely looking really good, because, like I said, it's a very cinematic-focused game. I mean, there are going to be interactive portions of it, but that's primarily where the, uh, you know, a lot of the budget's going to be going toward, making this game look as awesome as possible. And one thing's for sure, it definitely uh, it's, looks like as much as it's promising and being really, really appealing to the eye, but... I really not entirely sure. I mean, it's I'm not sure what they're trying to go for with the story. However, I think that's where I'm still kind of a little hesitant to really, you know, get hyped for this game. It's about robot racism. That's what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> robot. Which we have not seen before. I don't think. No, we have seen it before, but it's. It's really hard to say how they're going to be handling in terms of, like, what kind of options they're going to give you or, like, which characters you're going to play. Because some of those previous games, you're playing multiple characters. But it looks like we're only seeing the story from one character's perspective. See, As he's kind of robot, yeah. rebel- robot rebellion. It, it look, certainly looks impressive visually. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... Um, and also... it. David Cage is, I think, the guy who's behind all these games, and um, he he also like the other thing apart from making things cinematic is mm-hmm. about moral decisions and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So that's going to be a big thing, um, you know, which we also see in lots of things like the Telltale games and The Walking Dead and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, and that works well in those games and um, you know, I think um, they these are games that may be made by someone who think I'm making art, I'm making real art and they sometimes can be maybe slightly unintentionally amusing in some of their storylines but um, yeah. I, still, I still think they they tend to be quite an experience to be involved I mean Heavy, Heavy Rain was really good um, mm-hmm. It you know it did think it was really smart and maybe it was a bit dumb in places but it was oh yes it was entertaining Jason it was it was entertaining um, <laughs> I've heard that I've heard that joke all over the freaking place it's great yes um, so we'll be seeing yeah what they they bring to the PS4 with with that style 
So. Yeah, it's it's and again, it's another wait and see. Like this, it was more so a trailer with like snippets of gameplay than actual, you know, test footage of you know. I guess people hold you know. It's like okay, here's a file of the game to play, and seeing like okay, this is how it's how it's going to play all the time. But it's still still really lots of uh, fun to look at, and at least like you said, at least wor- uh, worth trying at least once and. For anyone who might have not tried one of these games before, this might be the one to give a shot. I tell you Especially what, I, if you're into the whole cyberpunk, you know, robots fighting for freedom and all that. It looks very different from what we saw last year. Because mm-hmm. last year it looked like maybe it was like a... a um, I don't know if they've completely retooled it or something, but it looked like it was kind of a, a police like detective thing. You're right. I remember that now. Yeah, it was a very different kind of um, narrative. I mean, still set in the same world, obviously, but it was definitely it was a different character involved. I don't At least know. It seems so. I don't know if you know they're two different sides of the game or whatever, or if they've just got you know if they ended up basically scrapping it and go back to the jury board. I don't know, but it. I'm I'm more intrigued than I was by what I saw last year. Anyway, so. Mm-hmm. I, I've got a good feeling that maybe that in terms of making this a more interesting story, they will show different characters' perspective on it, like kind of mm-hmm. like with heavy, what Heavy Rain did. Like you had multiple different characters involved in the same story, and they were probably just revealing another one. Like you had the police officer uh, robot from last year, and now this one is more of like the rebellious, you know, fight for freedom uh, character. And then I think there might be. I'm, I'm guessing there might be a few others because, but it's really hard to say if it's just going to be like a you know two characters story versus like a, a bunch of them. But we'll again wait and see. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's definitely intriguing for sure. Yes, we should. I, I think again, it's not out to next year. Like, I think most of these <laughs> like next year, next year, every next, next year. year. There are a few that uh, from when I was watching the um, the Nintendo. The Nintendo uh, conference, I think, might be coming a bit sooner, but we'll uh, we'll get to that later. Um, another PlayStation game that I believe you got really excited for, Chris, that you told me and we were off the air, is a little game called Days Gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, last year, again, because this is another one that they introduced last year and then they showed us more this year. Um, last year, it looked kind of just like it's a post-apocalyptic thing with basically the zombies out of um out of World War Z World War Z, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um with the swarmy things and they look scary. And they're still in in what we should, saw this year, but it sort of showed you more of the the world affected and it does look sort of walking dead type thing with oh the real the real monsters are the humans. Mm. Ah. Ah. Those apocalypse scenarios love to paint that picture for us don't they mm-hmm. but it's it looks like it's got like lots of stealthy bits and or bits you can maybe it's one of these things where you can do it stealthy or you can just walk in slap people in the face whatever um mm-hmm. but yeah i was watching the was watching it again earlier and um there was a bit where you, there are some bad bad hombres who um steal mm-hmm who kidnaps a friend of yours or something and um, there's a bit in the game where you can blow a dam up and then 
then a swarm of zombies come in and chase them so you can <laughs> you can get your friend out and it was like oh this looks fun oh my um, god yeah I was watching that yes I am um, yes I, I do like <laughs> the look of this you're, you're like a um, a a a biker guy in the mm-hmm. somewhere in America when everything's gone wrong gone horribly 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 yeah. wrong yeah gone zombie-tastic and um or not not just affecting the people but also affecting the animals too yeah that's, a, that's also an interesting touch like you see um i think you see in the trailer while he's riding his bike he comes off of, uh comes across a whole pack of wolves and i think the very last end of the trailer or the gameplay uh trailer had a giant zombie bear oh yeah <laughs> indeed yeah like, whoa um, this game's not pulling any punches whatsoever but I, I, I can just imagine that when you see one of those swarms, it's just going to be. <laughs> I'm just going to imagine sort of throwing my, um, throwing my controller across the, the, um, the room in fright, just because. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's game. like okay, nope, nope, nope. They've, they've, I'm the, the, the Last of Us is almost has nothing on this because I mean, well, the Last of Us was darn creepy mm-hmm. with its zombie horror. It was, uh, with how you know, re- quote-unquote realistic they were trying to make it. This is just kind of just got the complete, you know, creepal factor to it. Just yeah. like, oh, there's just so freaking many of them. And I have to say, when I'm looking at the animation style in terms of how they're approaching the animation, I am getting a lot of um, Last of Us and, you know, typical, like, you know, Naughty Dog uh, action-adventure game uh, vibes mm-hmm. from the animation, and how at least how they're approaching the animation. A lot of, you know, um, very detailed movements, both in and out of uh, gameplay. Which I have to say, I'm really appreciating that more games are uh, trying to take that approach. But when I was watching watching um, a video about it, it actually made me think um, of... Because I've been playing a lot of um, Rise of the Tomb Raider. And, um, oh, right, right, right. There's... There's lots of sort of stealthy bits and that, and um, you you like craft weapons and things like that. And they were talking about um, crafting in, in Days Gone, so so I was thinking, oh, I, I kind of get the impression that this might play a bit like those bits in Rise of the Tomb Raider, which oh. I'm, I'm game for because <laughs> I, I they did that really well. Yeah, um, like there's bits where you could, like where you there are. Um, bad guys around and you can distract them by making a noise over there or whatever that kind of thing and mm-hmm. that that was one of the things in, in the demo where you get a bear trap and then you put it in a put it in, in like a um, hedge and then you <laughs> then you distract the guy from over there and he walks over ah, and he gets caught in there <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so I, yeah I've just I've enjoyed that since like the Metal Gear Solid games or the oh the, um, yes very much or you just go tap tap and they're like hmm <laughs> and you get what's this li- cardboard box and they get their little noise and they go over and investigate so much fun yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah Metal Gear Metal Gear is a classic but we could probably save that for another time I'd love to do an episode on that but we'll we'll see if anyone else out there would like us to do an episode of uh, Metal Gear because if folks out there want us to talk about that series because I am I am more than ready 
But, uh, no, yeah, I, I definitely get that vibe. I love the, um, kind of the variedness of, you know, what you can do and how it's basically, you know, how you want to approach a situation. Mm-hmm. Depending on what items you have and stuff. I think that a lot of, uh, gamers are really craving that a lot now, you know, a lot more of that these days, so a lot of, you know, that makes sense. All the, the developers are keen to deliver on that. And it looks like you can like see things from really far away. <laughs> it's got. It looks like I don't know if it's completely open world, but it looks like there's definitely an element that seems to be in a lot of games these days. Just oh yeah. Um and there's I I like a bit of I like a bit of structure, but mm-hmm. I also I do like basically being able to explore and do do what you want as well. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was one game that uh, came out in one of the other uh, conferences. I think it's uh, one of the big new IPs of the year was um, uh, Bioware, now you know typically known for the Mass Effect franchise, uh, basically put out a uh, trailer for a new video game that's going to be coming out. Um, I think it's probably it's probably going to be a while, considering this is probably like the first pieces of footage that we have of it, um, called Anthem. Uh, I'm not sure if you had an opportunity to see that, but it was definitely exactly what we were describing. It's very much more of like a uh, sci-fi, open-world, uh, multiplayer kind of environment where basically they were heavily pushing a lot of you know interactivity between players as they explore these vast wilderness, you know, vast wilderness, uh, uh, alien wilderness, and then basically you know traveling around in these giant like mobile suits of armor. I've just seen a bit about that today. Actually, I I watched like a video that had like lots of, um, it was like a compilation of lots of different things. So I did see some of the things that I hadn't seen the um, like conference for or wet or full trailer. So mm-hmm. yeah, that sounded interesting. I, I guess that's a, that was that at the uh, Microsoft conference or something. So I think so. It was a, I think was that or the um, oh goodness, I don't think it was. I think it was probably. It wasn't Bethesda, no. It was it was one yeah. it was one of those three. But yeah. um, it was. It's interesting because I mean, obviously, Bioware has been more of a, you know, narratively focused uh, studio, at least when it comes to their you know game design, which is you know one of the reasons I always, I've always gone to them and tried out their games is because I I, I like the fact I like their approach to narrative to a degree. But um, this seems like a very major departure from that in a way, at least from the way that they're kind of focusing on more of the open world exploration, which I couldn't help but notice uh, both uh, Mass Effect Andromeda and um, Dragon Age 3 had a lot of. Yeah. So I'm wondering if this is just like the next step in some in that kind of, uh, you know, this new direction that they seem to be taking with a lot of their games. And while it is interesting, I can't say I... I've been I've been enjoying it more than I have like other like the more like you said more linear, structured experiences that they've had and stuff like you know Mass Effect two or three, where it's a little bit more structured like okay here we have a level we have a mission let's go do that mission. Mhm. Yeah, I I don't have a lot of experience with the Mass Effect games, but. Yeah, they're inter- They're interesting. They're they're it's uh, it's you know, it depends on what you're looking for really. If you're into the more kind of like choice heavy interactive uh, story, they've got they've covered a lot of interesting bases. It's not nothing like uh, in, in terms of detail with like the Telltale or uh, games where you're you know obviously your Detroit become human, but uh, or 
but it's still it's still a lot of fun to explore. Mm-hmm. But I do like a Telltale game. <laughs> yep. They've they've been, they've they've been pumping out a lot of games recently. There was you know they had the Minecraft uh, story mode thing, uh, Tales from the Borderlands. They've had both the you know Telltale Batman game, and now they're in their sec. They just finished their second episode of the Telltale Guardians of the Galaxy video game. Oh, I'm intrigued by that. Definitely. Oh, I've uh, I've I've played the first two, and I will say this. I will. All, this is all I'm going to say, but. I'll leave the rest for you to discover. You get um, to delve in a little bit into uh, Rocket the Raccoon's uh, history in the second episode of the Telltale, and it is oh, I am tears, many, oh many, many, much tears. But it was a nice touch. I'm really, I'm really glad what they did with that, and they they need to keep making games because <laughs> so far I've yet to find one that I don't like. Good thing about Telltale games is they often. They often go on sale in the um, in, when they have a promotion on PlayStation Store. You can get them. Mm-hmm. You can get like one of their passes. Quite. I I know I know I got um I think I got Walking Dead season I got from that. I think I got that at, um like on sale and I know I did mm-hmm. with the Game of Thrones one, which I also I haven't finished. I need to finish that. I think yeah, that's all. Hey, you better you 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 better do that before the next season starts, because that's coming up soon. Oh, I saw a trailer for that today. <laughs> <laughs> Very exciting. Oh boy, I just want to see dragon fire, all the dragon fire. <laughs> Anyways, we're getting off a little bit on a tangent, like we normally do, but I'm gonna bring it right back because there have I think some of the gameplay trailers that Chris and I were very very excited to see came out of the Nintendo conference, one of which was the next installment of the Mario franchise. I believe it's the next big thing, and it's called Super Mario Odyssey. And we love it because the main gameplay mechanic from what the trailer has shown us is that the uh, Mario somehow, somewhere has gotten... uh, a sentient hat of his, which he can throw onto other characters or enemies or whatnot, whatever he encounters, and can take control of them. So, I mean, literally, like, the trailer starts with a T-Rex with a Mario hat on top, with the eyeballs, and just, you just kind of have to stare at it and go, wait, what? <laughs> and then the trailer goes on, and then you see Mario running around all these really interesting locales, and yeah, I'm on board. I'm 110% on board. The thing is, though, they wouldn't need to have a gimmick or anything, because it's just a new 3D Mario. You could just say, it's a new 3D Mario, and everyone would be like, yay! And (laughs) then they introduce this idea, and everyone goes, oh my god. Oh my god, this is amazing. (laughs) It's it's a bit like um, the Oddworld games, Abe's Odyssey used to possess Mm -hmm. the bad guys in that. And, um, yes, but this is in 3D. And um, yeah, <laughs> it's funny because so, um, like all all the um, you know all the power and stuff behind everyone else's games and everything, and you know, that like Microsoft announcing new hardware and everything, and everyone puts on this big show and oh, and this new game has got a million teraflops and bloody and the most amazing rendering you've ever seen and blah blah, and Nintendo just come out and go. Mario's got a new just, hat. You put the hat wait, on Mario's someone. Mario's got a new hat. 
You put the hat on someone, you possess it, and everyone goes, Nintendo win! <laughs> well, I think it's because it's, it's easy to see, like, I think a lot of people at E3 are getting, like, more focused on, you know, like, oh, we, you know, we gotta make the games look as amazing as possible, but it's, you know, sacrificing style for functionality in a way, I guess. To a, to a, to a degree. But I just, this... It, it's, I love creativity like this. It's just, it's... It's just, if it feels Mario, at the same time, it's just like, it feels like something like Mario's always meant to have done. But it just took us this long to get here, but now that we finally have, they, you know, Nintendo has this new platform to kind of really push the envelope. Now they're just like, okay, let's do, what, what else can we do with this? The one thing I wasn't sure about when I first saw Mario Odyssey was the whole thing of, like, him in New York and there being normal sized people and stuff I was like what that, yeah. that's a bit weird um, except apparently it's not New York it's New Donk City um, <sighs> um, yeah but it looks you know it kind of looks out of place with like all the other locations you see in the trailers and everything like I know the first location we saw was Mexico um, mm-hmm some kind of dinosaur place for sure because yeah. you know we have giant triceratops skeletons and a giant t-rex with a mario hat and I, I was watching a demo today of them in a forest and there's a bit where you um chase around a bunny and that's great <laughs> because that's always fun in mario games i remember doing that in um mario galaxy where you chase mm-hmm. around like a space bunny on the globe and then <laughs> um that was fun and uh, also, there's I'm pretty sure there's rabbits you chase in Super Mario 3D World, which is amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's I also have to pre- Go ahead, sorry. It's obviously going to be amazing because it's the new 3D Mario game and it's going to be... Yeah, uh, Mario is Nintendo's baby, so it's like they could not, you know, put, you know, you know put their all into this. Because they're just and and I will say in terms of obviously they were not entirely sure the reasoning for Mario's little odyssey to all of these very strange and unique worlds, but at the very least, um, I know as you know it's always as always it looks like it's going to be kickstarted by uh, Princess Peach getting kidnapped again. Mm. But um, I noticed a distinct look of Mario in a white tuxedo with a large top hat. Yeah. <laughs> Could he and Peach finally be tying the knot? Amazing. I don't know, because then Bowser swoops in. He's also dressed in a tux. He's like, no, I'm taking this. And then our adventure will probably ensue not long after. But it looks... it, it It's interesting. It's like, I, I'm wondering, like, exactly how they're going to handle, like, this and how this is going to kickstart the Odyssey. It's just, it's just probably going to be more silly Mario shenanigans. But, like I said, I think we're always up for more Mario shenanigans. I think... He's got a spaceship called the Odyssey, and I think, I think it's probably the hat is an alien life form, which would explain it. Huh. that or a ghost? I'm not sure, because it look it almost looked ghost-like when you see it before it turns into the hat. Uh. It's hard to tell. Well, it's, it's it's Mario. I mean, whenever whatever he puts his hat on, always has the hat and the and like the Mario mustache. No matter who you know who gets the hat. Like it's little details like that that just make me very very happy. Yeah. Like even the even the freaking T Rex, okay? Even the freaking T Rex has the freaking Mario mustache. I'm just like, oh god, Nintendo, what have you done? 
That's you've created a monster. You. And uh, also on a related note, another Nintendo trailer that I believe I hadn't only I only just seen recently. Um, I actually think I just tuned in today after I figured out. Um, I you you told me that you were really excited about this. Was the new Yoshi game that will be coming out for Nintendo Switch? Mm-hmm. And I can't like I'm not sure like what the official title for this is. It's just a Yoshi, you know, Yoshi for the Nintendo Switch, but. I've, you know, I've stated this before in a couple of review, you know, review for, like, uh, the Paper Mario games that we have on the website, and, uh, I really love it when Nintendo just kind of goes all-out bonkers on a, like, a unique animation style fe- featuring their, um, you know, some of their more prominent characters, you know, either it's Mario or Donkey Kong and Yoshi, but this just looks like it took it, like, the, you know, whole, you know, paper cutout, you know, toy kind of design level design and just went to the nth degree and just in terms of how it looks like what are you what are your thoughts on that well it just looks so <laughs> adorable and um they've uh, the style the visual style looks great and um they they've been like carrying on the whole series with yoshi uh, like there was yoshi's woolly world on on um where everything was knitted on the wii u mm-hmm. exactly and, there before wasn't there one before that where oh, maybe I'm thinking of Kirby's Epic Yarn. Yeah, Kirby's Epic Yarn. I mean, that's where I first recall seeing a visual style like this, mm. and then they kind of carried that on with Kirby, and then they're like, oh, let's do it with Yoshi. But now it looks like they're doing it like where Yoshi's like a little stuffed animal, and he's running mm. around in these these different like you know like playset environments made out of paper and cardboard and just. It, it, it's just so freaking adorable I can't take it and I mean you can freaking see like in a giant like living room in the background like so you know this is obviously like something like a kid you know could potentially play with or have made themselves it's just like that's I love that I just I love that idea no one makes games as charming as Nintendo it's just it's no. just the, it's just the law <laughs> it's just a, a fact of life yeah yep pretty much so yeah, that's definitely I'm like I'm really super psyched for that one. Even though, like I said, I do not have a Nintendo Switch, and no. these games are making me really think I should get one. <laughs> Darn you, Nintendo! But, but I thought I quit you, but you keep pulling me back in. But didn't you know that um, that people think that the the shortage is 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 uh, deliberate because obviously that makes perfect business sense where you sell less than you could because you don't make enough to make it look mm. like you're popular. Obviously, that makes all the business sense in the world. Stupid people. <laughs> Why would they do that? They wouldn't. It's stupid. <laughs> it makes no sense. They want more money, not less. Exactly. Idiots. That's why they do these things. Mm. But um, one last thing before we, uh, before we depart from Mario-related you know, topics, but mm. uh, one... One aspect of Nintendo that I was really super excited to see, even though it wasn't really announced during the Nintendo press conference, but they did hint at it a little bit, and then they kind of elaborated on it in the uh, Ubisoft conference. But they are actually... Nintendo is going to be doing a Mario collaboration with uh, Ubisoft with the uh, Rabbids franchise. Well, I'm not sure if you ever... If anyone's familiar with the Rabbids, but they're like these little wacky, little, like crazy character rabbits that are just running around doing crazy you know just crazy antics and like oh that's you know that's really out there and really funny so the someone I don't know whose idea this was but they 
they they've they decided to do a collaborative project where they combine both Mario and these rabbit characters for like a kingdom battle kind of scenario with more like a you know I guess it's more of a strategy multiplayer strategy idea. Mm-hmm. What were you, what was your take on that, Chris? Well, I this yeah this kind of blindsided me as well. Um, uh, I must confess. I I do quite I do like the rabbits. I know I know it's it's not cool to like them or whatever. Um, probably because yeah, nah. they they started in the Wii area era with um, Raven Rabbits, Rayman mm-hmm. Raven Rabbits. It was originally. I think I think yeah, they um, yeah. I think they dumped Rayman at some point and just became Rabbits games at some point. Because the rabbits themselves were just so off the wall, people mm. I guess identified with them more. They they were basically just a bun- bunch of mini games, but the actual characters and everything were quite. They were entertaining. They, they were kind of the minions before the minions. Uh, yeah, no, I, I see that. I definitely or, see that. Or, or a bit like the, but like gremlins or something. You know, they were just anarchic, crazy little creatures that um, mm-hmm. did crazy Cause things. Cause mayhem wherever they yeah. go. And they were sort of. Shooting, you know, they were get, they were like shooting gallery bits where you fired them, like uh, plunges at them, and there were dance bits where you had to wave the remote around and stuff, and it was all yeah, I I I was entertained, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess they've had lots of other games since then, and I know they there was, I think it was called Rabbids Go Home or something was like there um where they had they were in it like a shopping trolley and you had to pick up things it was yeah and and then I have not really seen them very much since mm-hmm. I know they got they had like a TV series in France I think yes um, they did um so it it's kind of weird to see Mario in a game with them but hey I'm 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 down with it I I find I just there's one of the characters is um Rabid Peach, and it's mm-hmm. basically a, a, one of the rabbits dressed up as Princess Peach, and it's quite fun. It's just funny. It's just ways. That's gonna make Mario feel really uncomfortable, I'm sure. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like there's Mario, the real Mario, and there's Luigi, the real Luigi, and then just this crazy rabbit in a dress and a wig. And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, that's that's a recipe for comedy for sure. Especially I'm, like Luigi in any kind of crazy situation is immediately going to be funny for sure. And I did see in the in like in the trailer Yoshi's in it as well, real Yoshi. Oh, good. Yeah. So good, good, there, good. there are lots of there are other characters you can choose, and and the real Princess Peach is in it as well. Uh, so obviously you can choose different lineups, I guess. Um, as for the actual game, I'm not quite so sure. It looks like it's strategy type thing and turn based. Um, I did see a a boss battle with R- Rabid Kong, who, as as you might imagine, oh yeah, okay, is a giant rabid, and uh, the animation everything was, was funny. But again, I'm not a big fan of like turn based things, so I don't know yeah. that I, I don't know that I'm actually interested in the game that much, but. I, as a creative collaboration, it's quite entertaining to see, and also, you know, who knows what we could see next? Maybe more collaborations. I know we've seen Mario and Sonic. Whoever, mm-hmm. who in the nineties ever thought that would happen? Eh, eh. <laughs> All those, those million playground arguments. 
who would win, Mario or Sonic? It's just like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Those, those, those collab games are interesting, but, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the things that I was really excited about to see, with, even though I'm not, like you, I'm not really all that keen on the actual gameplay itself, it might not just be my thing. But at the same time, just the fact that this collaboration is happening at all, because normally, I mean, while Nintendo has got some really charming games, as we've discussed, it's they haven't really been one for third-party support, or at the very least, you know, or, or collaborating with other, you know, studios and developers to make video games. So the fact that this is, you know, that they made this announcement that this is what they're going to be doing is actually, you know, got some really good, uh, it's, it's, it's some good promise that, what other kind of games could come down the pipeline if they're more willing to work with other developers or be more willing to like share their games with other people because then they'll make a lot more money that way I think Assassin's Creed starring Yoshi <laughs> I think that might be a bit of a stretch though uh, it would be very funny to see Yoshi doing some serious parkour <laughs> I, I'm just getting a mental image of that now and I'm like oh dear god why <laughs> Wearing a little hoodie and running along on the the rooftops. <laughs> oh no, that'd be fantastic! But um, I will say before because I I may want to talk a little bit about that Assassin's Creed game that uh has been everyone else has been talking about. But there is one other uh, game since we mentioned this character only just a few minutes ago, and he was another uh particular franchise that uh it was getting not one but two games that are being released at the end of this year. One's coming in August, and one's coming in the holiday season. They haven't offered a specific date yet. But uh, our two new Sonic games that are going to be coming out, um, one of which is a, I swear, is a going to be coming out in August. It's a fan, partially fan-developed game. It's, it was a com- uh, kind of cooperative effort, cooperative effort between Sony, um, or excuse me, not Sony, excuse me, <clears throat> Sega, Come uh, cooperate ever between Sega and a bunch of um, fan developers or uh, fan uh, kind of like uh, modders for Sonic, you know, classic Sonic games. And basically, they said, "Well, we're we want to make this game for you know the fans of Sonic the Hedgehog who really love the classic style. So we're going to make this game where we're going to kind of do some inspiration of some old levels and make some new levels and just have a whole new game for fans who just love that you know style of gameplay to just come and have a good time." Which is really... I, I really like that, that Sega put that step forward. That they're uh, becoming more involved with like fan feedback and uh, collaboration. And that's this is a really... I don't know. It's, it's really inspiring to see that they're taking this direction. Considering how it's been... You know, they've been kind of insular for quite so... For a long time. Yeah, and because there hasn't really been a good Sonic game since about 1996. Then they just go back there. Back there and... Uh, ooh... Shots fired. <laughs> I, 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 I just the uh, the I just think the two D ones are are much better. <laughs> and you're not wrong to think that. You're not wrong to think that. I personally have had actually been surprised and with some of the modern games that I've actually had a lot of fun with. I mean, obviously, um, well, I could probably save it for another separate podcast if you wanted to, because that's a that's another. Uh, that's a series that's near, very near and dear to my heart because I grew, you know, I grew up mm. with it, and it was, you know, a lot of my uh, my cousins and my family played, it and that was one of the you know, ways we bonded was by through playing like different Sonic games, um, both two D and three D. But 
in regards to like some of the more modern ones that I've actually had f- some fun with was uh, Sonic Colors. Oh yeah, I heard fun. good things about that. That was pretty yeah. good. Generation yeah. was a good. Uh, Generations was also a good kind of like anniversary. You know, you had a little bit of everything in it, and it wasn't perfect for sure, but it was enjoyable. And it seems that with the another game that's a Sonic game that's going to be coming out during the holiday season, Sonic Forces. That seems to be they seem they might be revisiting a bit of that style. They're um, this was made by the same people who developed uh, colors and generations, and basically they're going to you know be bringing back the cla- you know both a three D and class you know classic Sonic play style into the game. But they're also at long last. I don't know why it took them so long to think that this wouldn't go over well with fans. Is that oh you can make your own character. And you can have them running around with their own unique playstyle, separate from the two Sonic characters. And it's just like, you only realize this was a good idea to do now? <laughs> you don't think fans have been clamoring for this for quite so long? It's DeviantArt the game. <laughs> Pretty much. It's, oh, look, look, you're my badass hedgehog. He, he swears and smokes. And, yeah. And he's... Yeah. Or or dog or cat or bear or bird because apparently those are the different kind of like animal characters you can create in this. Uh, and, sorry, they've already got the whole list. And he's pregnant and Shrek's the father or something. It's just <laughs> this. I I. There's just a whole weird world of Sonic fan artists I don't want to know about, but I know. No, I understand. Yeah. There, 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 there are different degrees of every fandom, to be sure. But uh, I don't know. I, I personally, as a, I'm speaking as a Sonic fan myself, I'm really optimistic by this particular title, at least in terms of you know, hopefully that according to what they've said, they're listening to fan feedback, and that's why they're kind of bringing back a lot of key develop, you know, developers who were you know instrumental in making colors of you know such a good game and generations and all that, which is good. And I will also say, at least from what they have in the trailers, normally they kind of give it away, like, the story of what they're trying to do, like, right off the bat. But now, it's, at least with what they've shown us, I'm still kind of trying to guess, like, what they're going to do. It's probably not going to be as surprising as a lot of people are expecting, because it's a Sonic game, guys. But still, I don't know. Like I said, I'm optimistic. I'm... There's a lot of nostalgia, you know, for me here, so that's probably why I'm just like, oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) But that's just my opinion. You're welcome to be as excited or not excited for something like that as you can be, because everyone's different. Mm-hmm. But yeah, other than that, I'm trying to think of... The, oh, there's an... Um, I think you mentioned another game and we were off the air that you wanted to talk about. Something that was a bit off the beaten path for uh, you, but you're still excited for it, and that is Wolfenstein? Oh, no. The I New was, Order? I wasn't actually... It's not really the game I was particularly interested in. It's just I was impressed with the um quality of the animation in the um like the cinematics and stuff um really <laughs> i was basically just that was an example of of like just how far all the animation like the character animation everything has come in 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 games as a whole mm-hmm. really yeah, that's rather. that's that's for sure i think games have been looking a lot better in general so and i'm um and I have to say they they had a lot of really cool things to show off at E3 this year, and that you know, to including that and a bunch of indie games too, which are coming down the pipeline. And oh. I think that was pretty much the uh, 
some of like the bigger like things I was really excited for, other than the major you know releases that we we discussed before. I saw I there's is it called Ori? Some Ori in the Blind Forest. It was the they are coming out with a sequel. I did see I did see a bit of the footage of that and it looked amazing. I think that was a that might be an X- Xbox One S or whatever X. I always say S. Or P- and yeah, Xbox One X. And I think they might also be coming for PC. I'm not 100 percent on that though, because I um I have the game, the first game for uh I got that on Steam a good long while ago. It is a hard game to be sure, but damn if it doesn't look pretty. I think virtually everything um that's on Xbox is going to be on PC, and I also mm-hmm. I think also most of the stuff that's exclusive is only exclusive. For a window these days, I, I think it's hardly Xbox haven't got that many exclusive exclusives. Um, mm-hmm. You know, probably as a result of not being number one at the moment. Obviously, they're, they're trying to get back there with their new fancy machine. Wait, I'm I'm a little confused. If yeah. I'm the Xbox One X is um, it's basically the equivalent of the PS for Pro and it's it's like souped up version. It's not having games specifically for it, right? Or have I... Um, at least from what I can understand from what I understood, yeah, that's, I don't think they have too many, ex- you know, for that particular platform, they haven't announced any games that are going to be exclusively for that console. It's probably going to be just like, oh, do you want an upgraded or uh, more of a visual experience, you know? Uh, you'll get more higher definition with this than you will with the original Xbox One. Kind of thing. That's that's my interpretation of it. I could be dead wrong. So, thing is with that, because I really with that and the PS4 Pro, it's kind of like one of the big things is like 4K or whatever. And I don't have a 4K TV, and I'm not like to Neither get one. Any, I'm not like to get one anytime soon. And they're really apparently you have to have a really big one to to um, make it worth it. Like if you haven't if you haven't got like a TV like. 50 inches or something you don't notice the difference <laughs> mm-hmm. what I've heard so like is is it worth it doesn't really seem it especially yeah. when you know if you've just got a new console in the last couple of years it's like do you want to upgrade it now no <laughs> so how yeah, about no thanks I am perfectly happy with the consoles that I have and to be perfectly honest I have uh, I have been a little disillusioned with Xbox titles over the past couple of years, which is why I've kind of like gone full. I've gone full Sony and Nintendo. So maybe one day they will do something to change my mind. But it seems that their uh, Xbox is at least more concerned with making their systems more of a multimedia package than a pure gaming console. And I mean, I've already got a DVD player. I've already got you know all this other stuff that the Xbox One is like. Oh, you can have all this in one. Like, okay, for people who need that, sure, go ahead, get it, and enjoy it. But. Personally speaking, all the games, you know, I, when I buy a game console, I exclusively just want to play games on it. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm like, okay, well, Sony seems to be doing that, Nintendo seems to be doing that, so I'm, I'm sticking with them for that time being. Oh, but there was one Xbox game that might might tempt you, but I expect it's coming oh. out on all the others anyway. And that's Dragon Ball Z, Z Fighters, is it called? Did you see that? Uh, yeah, I did, and, oh, gosh, nope. darn it, <laughs> I really, 
really liked the way it looked. <laughs> like, more so than any Dragon Ball Z game to have come out in the last decade. And that's... Oh, man. It, 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 I, I'm surprised it took them this long to get back to uh, saying, oh, we should have, like, a, you know, side-scrolling fighting game with Dragon Ball Z characters and just make it look really uber-pretty and stylized. It's like, where was this? Where was this <laughs> my, my life? And is it coming out for the PC because I will not buy the Xbox One X? I, I will I, not. Like I said, I, th- I think most of the things are going to come out on PlayStation anyway because... You know, they like money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, then they've had, like, for the longest time with releasing Dragon Ball Z games, it's always been for, like, the Xbox and PlayStation exclusively, obviously, you know, so you're right. One day, I will play it, and I will love it. It would be very weird if it was just on Xbox, because, well, it, it'd be clever from a marketing point of view, because I know Microsoft have always struggled in Japan, because mm-hmm. they went, we don't want... A, American console, we want a Japanese console, or mm-hmm. and I'm I'm kind of I kind of agree with that because <laughs> yeah, I no, I yeah. main I mainly like crazy Japanese games to be honest. Um, so <laughs> I I like to buy a console where it's got more crazy Japanese games on it, um, and Microsoft consoles don't tend to have that. Um, yeah, but I think it would be crazy just to have it on a Microsoft console because it's going to be a big game in Japan and Japanese people have Playstations or, or Nintendo, so... There For you sure. Go. No, yeah, it's, it's, I, I took one look at that gameplay trailer and I'm just like, oh dear god! It was just like... It was just like a moment with um, in uh, in 2001 Space Odyssey where he goes into the monolith like, oh my god, it's full of DBC goodness! <laughs> One, I can't handle it! I just remember one game we forgot from the Sony conference. Uh-oh, what did we miss? Shadow of the Colossus. Oh my that, god, that was that, another one. That, that was, was one that was one. a surprise. That was a, that one was a surprise, because... And it's not, it's, it's a, it's a full-on, it's not just a remastered like they've done uh, previously with the previous mm-hmm. generations, it's, it's a full-on remake. This is one of those, oh my god! This is one of those cases where I didn't, I haven't actually played the original, so it's like I get to be excited for the first time. Oh, you're. Oh, I, it's it's really interesting. Like, what kind of direction? Like, in terms of like what exactly they're remaking? Because it's. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm hoping they're going to keep like the core, you know, mechanics that worked in that game, you know, you know, work as well as they did back for the PlayStation Two. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, well, what kind of graphic? I mean, we we have an idea of what it looks like from the trailer in terms of what they've done to upgrade the look of it, and it does like it definitely looks like it's come several generations ahead it from what amazing. it was. Oh, but I oh, the animation in that game was good enough on its own for the PlayStation Two, so I'm just like, oh, PlayStation Four graphics rendering. Yeah. The sensor scale is quite impressive. It always has been, and so the fact that they're they're staying true to that is is good. It's a good first step to say, "Hey, this game's coming out. We're doing it." You know, hope you guys are gonna buy it. And that, at least just from that first look, I'm like, "Hell yes, I'm gonna buy it. I will buy that game as many times as I have to. I but, need it in my life." That it did occur to me that I guess they will show everything off on PlayStation Pro, Play, PS4 Pro now, and we're like, "So when you actually get it, it won't be quite as good. Look, quite as good." And you're like. Hopefully you won't notice. 
Well, sometimes I've I've actually heard this a couple times when uh, I hear reviews for games that were released on uh, both PlayStation Four and in PlayStation Four Pro, and sometimes there's a noticeable difference between the versions, and sometimes it's not, and sometimes there's not. So it's just like it really depends on how they approach it in terms of the di- making it different between one over the other. Like, okay, what kind of improvements are you are really going to make a difference to the people who play the games? I would have thought any of the big games that come out now, like Spider-Man and Days Gone and Detroit and things like that, are pr- probably going to be optimized to look, to be, you know, better on. Mm-hmm. Oh, and another one that is coming out not next year, actually coming out in August, I think, is the new Uncharted spin-off. Oh, that's correct. Yeah, they had a they had a trailer for that too in E3, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. I don't remember which conference it was. I think it was probably Sony. Yes. But um, I will remember like when we saw the tra- the first trailer for that last year was really impressive. I love the way that they paced that whole, uh, that whole scenario. But yeah, it definitely looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm actually ex- excited that we're going with this particular character instead of uh, Nathan. Well, I suppose they're they're done with Nathan, but they might they might do more stories set in the same world with different characters, which is. An interesting way of taking it. Yeah, and I mean the character that they're choosing to be their lead. I've actually, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed her. I don't know why her name is escaping me right now, but um, I remember her from the second game. Correct, that's where she was from. It was the second Uncharted, and uh, she was a lot of fun. She was very snarky, and I appreciate snarky characters. <laughs> it's just in the Uncharted world perfectly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this snarkiness. But yeah, I think if that's if that's all that we have left to talk about, I think that's pretty much you know overall it's been you know it was a like we said earlier it was a much more subdued E3 this year because it was more majority of just updates on games that had already been announced like the last two years and um, it was generally other than the big hardware reveal for Xbox it was basically just generally you know quiet on all fronts but we still got plenty of things to you know get excited for for the next you know year or so. Oh, there were a couple of like tiny like teases from Nintendo as well of things that because they most they showed things that are mostly close, but they mm-hmm. they also did two little teases of just like this game's in development. But we're not going to show you because we're showing you things that are new, that are coming. And one of them is that they're doing a, a main series Pokemon game for the Switch. Correct, and we're, they haven't dropped the uh, the title for it yet, but it's it's going to be an official official you know edition of the Pokemon franchise. About and it's time gonna, for the Switch. I I know to, to do a proper proper one for a cons- home console. It's taken them long enough. I mean, it's a no brainer. Which is surely. funny you say. Th- which is funny though, because you, you, you funny you say that because I thought that the handhelds were always the proper Pokemon games. I mean, Sun and Moon were was a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and uh, I really like the way that they took the, you know, the whole Pokemon world and exploration, you know, on top of that. But it would be interesting to see, like, okay, if we're going to, we're going to take it and we're going to enhance it even more with a new one for the Switch, which is kind of both the handheld and the you know home console at the same time. So. I guess it would make sense that they would need to have a specific, you know, main entry Pokemon game for this new system. But it's uh, hard to say exactly what how it's going to be different from what we the Pokemon game we just got. 
And the other one was that they announced that Metroid Prime 4 is in development for Switch. <laughs> Sorry, I really like Metroid. <laughs> and, and Prime, I like. I always remember at first I had difficulty getting into, into uh, having a Metroid game for like the main system consoles, but yeah, over the like, the handhelds, which they've also, if I recall, seeing the trailer, they also have a, a 3DS Metroid game that should be coming out relatively soon. Yeah, that's this summer. But but I really really liked the Metroid Prime games and kind of like those were those were like the really good like adventure kind of. Like, they, they experimented with the story a lot more in Prime, I think, with a lot of the variations of different characters that you would interact with, and there was a good sense of sca- escalation in the story, so I'm, oh, I'm ready for four. I'm so mm-hmm. ready. Yeah, it's gonna, the, um, the old Switch is gonna be kicking off with quite a lineup in the first, mm-hmm. first couple of years. I mean, getting a, a Zelda, a Mario, and a Mario Kart in the first like eight months <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty good <laughs> no it's a, it's a great lineup and I think I, I have to agree with you uh, during watching all the different conferences even though each each conference had its own you know ups and downs I think overall I was more satisfied with what came out of Nintendo than any of the other conferences even though they all had their individual shining stars that were like ooh that looks interesting, or ooh, that looks intriguing. But yeah, overall, overall across the board, I'm just like Nintendo. <laughs> Let's have some fun with Mario and Metroid and all the good stuff. And Yoshi, oh god, that that Yoshi, that Yoshi trailer just kind of just oh, so cute. Can't stop talking about it. So I think that's probably a sign that we might have uh, exhausted talking about the E3 conference. So. We'll probably just kind of move right along into a couple key um, key stories that came out of uh, Annecy. Now, I know, uh, Chris, you covered that a lot on the website, so I might defer to your judgment here on some of these stories. But I one of the, a couple of the big ones that I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit was the fact that Annecy kind of had some big announcements for us this year in terms of expanding the festival. To I mean, obviously, it's focused more in uh, France, but they're going to be expanding it to a couple other key locations across the world, it seems. Yeah, first they announced that they were going to have an Annecy Asia festival. It's going to take place in Seoul, South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, later in the week, uh, they announced that Annecy are teaming up with G-Kids Films and... Variety to bring a Annecy style festival to the United States and specifically Los Angeles. Hmm. It's going to take place at the um, the Man Chinese Theater in Hollywood for two days in October. So it's I when oh this year exactly this year? yeah exactly this oh, is the, boy. This, this is the particularly surprising thing it's like oh there's going to be a, a festival and you think oh okay so I guess they're announcing that for next year nope this year um, and yeah and it's called animation is film <laughs> and um, it pretty much like talking about their mission statement and everything it sounds basically the kind of thing that people who listen to this podcast would be very excited about. <laughs> yeah, so if you live in California in the LA area this is, um, and you should be very, very tuned into this, so 
get ready. This is going to be big. Um, I'm just, I was just happy for the fact that we're, you know, the U.S. will be getting, you know, our own kind of, like, you know, Annecy event, even though if it's only for two days. But still, the fact that it's happening this soon is just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. And you can basically think of it as a start, I think, really. Mm -hmm. Um, If if it goes well, there might be more. And also the fact that Variety are uh, involved with it is, I think, it's a pretty big deal, because... Mm-hmm. You know they're a big name in the industry, and it's kind of like animation is important now, so we better <laughs> better cap back it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's 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 getting a lot of support, and I'm this is really really super exciting in terms of you know getting this getting this animation festival that's already very popular to some more locations, so we can every more people around the world can enjoy what it has to offer, and it's got some pretty good stuff in terms of, you know, obviously giving out some more news on big animated films that are coming out, and uh, also the animation competitions. So, yeah, this is huge, and like I said, if you're in the LA area, get tickets. Obviously, we will be keeping an ear out to find out what's actually going to be playing the festival, but there's going to be, mm-hmm. I think it said that um, there's going to be at least like 20 programs or something included oh, which, wow. which will include um uh films in competition but also short films and and events and things like that so probably panels and stuff um i expect there'll be some people in attendance that you might like to go and see <laughs> if you're an animation fan which you are presumably listening to this podcast <laughs> if not why why are you listening <laughs> really <laughs> So you just listen to our dulcet tunes. That'll be but it. Other than, <laughs> but other than that, there was uh, quite a few other big pieces of uh, news coming out of Annecy. Uh, one of which was uh, would be of particular interest to any of our uh, listeners who are a big fan of uh, the Book of Life, which was a very fun and unique animated film that came out a couple of years back. Um, the I believe the director uh, George. I, Pronounce, forgive me if I mispronounce his name. Gutierrez? George Gutierrez? Gutierrez? I think it's Jorge. Uh, Jorge. I am a terrible person how I cannot pronounce names. I, 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 I need to be smacked. No, no, um, I, am, I, I, I am the same. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, I, yeah. Anyways, the big news is he will be coming back to direct a sequel film uh, to the bo- original Book of Life, so we're the fact that we're getting a sequel at all is huge. Which I'm, you know, I've seen the film and it's a lot of fun, and I really would enjoy to see a sequel for it. So really excited to hear news about that. But then also, it looks like he uh, is also doing another project, which was originally uh, kind of going around with a, an untitled, you know, just kind of uh, it wasn't hadn't been given a title yet. It had just been kind of circulating as a. Uh, a untitled, Kung Fu Space Western? Yeah, untitled Kung Fu Space Western, which, you know, I was sold on just from the title. The, the just non, from the non, genre non alone. <laughs> but it's, it's officially, it's been getting, given an official title now. It's literally called Kung Fu Space Punch. Yes, and it was starred Channing Tatum, who was also, I believe, in the Book of Life. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's. Uh, from a, another podcast I listen to, um, as somebody who presents it, um, 
their friend refers to Channing Tatum as Charming Potato, and it's kind of stuck <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's the greatest thing I've heard all day. So whenever I see Channing Tatum, I'm like, Charming Potato. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't unhear that now. So it's, it's, um, Charming Potato spreading. will be playing a character called Johnny Halliday, uh, who is an American space biker outlaw who falls in okay. love with who falls in love with a Mexican girl whose dad um is is the mayor of the um the town who's going to be voiced by Guillermo del Toro doing acting <laughs> wow that's awesome him, oh my goodness him, him and oh hey mates you see they work well he worked on um he was producer on Book of Life so there you mm-hmm. go um, but apparently both of these are in early stages um, mm-hmm. Book of Life 2 is in very early stages uh, Kung Fu Space Punch is presumably would come before that mm-hmm. but via, via tweets he's put out apparently he's actually working on something else that's going to come out first but hasn't okay. been announced. Hasn't been announced yet. So he's Ooh, he's really been working. He's been working on something, but the studio haven't announced it. So there you go. That's Which, interesting. The one that's further along, that's 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 closest to probably being release ready, has been completely hush hush. That kind of makes me wonder if it's like a Netflix project because they go, "Hey, we've done this film. It's out tomorrow." <laughs> not not quite. Yeah. Not quite like that. But you know, it's. You don't it's hear close. about things in that far in advance when they're Netflix projects, or so. Mm-hmm. And I think there were a couple other news pieces we might want to go over briefly. I believe uh, Loving Vincent was also picked up for uh, UK and Ireland release. Yes. So it, uh, Altitude Films have it for the UK and Ireland. Uh, it's been also picked up for Australia by Madman Films Australia mm-hmm. and New Zealand nothing leave out the Kiwis there um, yeah um, that's the film that is uh, the claim is to be the first entirely hand painted film that is done in the style of Vincent Van Gogh Van Gogh paintings um, mm-hmm. and looks very beautiful and we've reported on before and um, shared the trailer and everything but oh, yeah. hasn't we haven't like had release information, but it played Annecy, and it got a standing ovation apparently, and it something else happened that we'll announce later. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We're just gonna go through a couple more, couple more pe- uh, interesting pieces of information, and we will we will get to that. But um, one other piece of new uh, piece of news caught my interest. It was uh, there's supposedly a anime adaptation of Naoki Ur- Urasawa's um acclaimed manga Pluto mm. that should be uh, coming out soon. Now, I'm not too familiar with the source material, but from what I understand, it's supposed to be a uh, re- adult reimagining of uh, Osama Tezuka's Astro Boy. Yes, I haven't read it, but I've only heard good things, and it's one of those things I, I've always thought I, I should get around to reading that, but mm-hmm. then then don't. Uh, <laughs> um so they're doing an animated version which is very handy because then I can just watch that uh, yeah I think I heard someone say it's like nine parts or something so it, it's 
maybe uh, like one of these like film series type thing, like where there's like nine nine hour long episodes or something, or or huh. or it could be a a um, just a, a like mini series. But I think that's what I heard that it's um not like a TV series or, or a film, but it's sort of somewhere in between. Yeah, I would, I would, I would like to place a bet on it being a mini series because that would make the most sense. So you're not beholden to like a whole, like slew of you know, ep- or a whole season of episodes, but you're still not limited to the you know a certain amount of hour film time of like a f- original you know a feature film. So, but yeah, no, the fact that they're going the animated route for this is fantastic and. I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of it because I'm like I said I'm not as familiar I'm familiar with Astro Boy but I'm not familiar with uh, this particular manga but considering you know I am familiar with Astro Boy and uh, I know it can go into some pretty dark places when it wants to when it's not trying to be humorous so a more adult you know version of that story would be fascinating to see so I might have to just track down the manga itself and read it I haven't read it but Urusawa wrote Monster which I've read uh, a quite high uh, amount of about mm-hmm. I don't know maybe about eight volumes or something and I've also seen a certain section of the TV series before it was it disappeared mm-hmm. <laughs> it was streaming and it, then it disappeared which is so frustrating because you can't get it anywhere <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they they dubbed it all and then they never released it so frustrating, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that's monster. That's that's completely irrelevant. Um, okay. But yeah, Pluto. I'm excited about. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. And um, one last thing that I was I would notice that was particular interest. I kind of had to do a mini fangirl squeal for was the fact that yes, Disney Channel has picked up the uh, a second and possibly third and third season of Miraculous: The Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. I am I am all for this <laughs> because I have seen I watched the full first season of the show uh, per our lovely Jill's recommendation and I enjoyed it very much and I am very eager to see what the a second and third season is going to look like because they've been uh, they've been keeping P, uh, fans who are eagerly wa- awaiting this new season very um, up to date on new developments and kind of teasing a lot of different aspects like new characters and a whole bunch of stuff so um, yeah definitely keep an eye on, th- on that one because that's uh, hopefully should be on the horizon mm, yeah. anything else before we move on to the big the big announcements for Out of Fantasy nope I think That'll do. There's just some Disney have announced some other TV series as well, including um, they're doing a series based on 101 Dalmatians, but it's called 101 Dalmatian Lane. Okay. And it's about um, obviously a family of 101 Dalmatians. Only it's it's in modern London, and they looks like they're basically anthropomorphized versions of them. Because they have jobs and things. Um, That's interesting. Not sure. A... <laughs> not sure I dig that, but it's different for sure. That oh, looks cute. I'll say that. And it's <laughs> it's being uh, being made by Passion Pictures in London for um, okay. for Disney Channel. So make of that what you will. 
Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the, obviously, a lot of people were coming to Annecy, not just to, uh, you know, hear the news and uh, watch some awesome movies, but also to give some awards to some of the films that really caught, you know, the audience interest and also the judges' uh, interest. And I think there was a bunch of different winners this year. Um, it was a great deal of variety, too. I think it was Japan, France, uh, the UK, Poland, Romania, Turkey, Sweden, Germany, and the US. It was a huge variety of different films that were on display this year, and uh, quite a few different award winners. Uh, one of which is a particular movie that we've been uh, covering very um, very often on the website, and that would be um, Susano Katabuchi's In This Corner of the World, which I believe got the jury award. Yeah, that's very good. Um, mm-hmm. We've basically been following this since, I think, last Annecy when it was announced. Um, yeah, pretty much. And then, so it's uh, been a full year. Yeah, and then it's um, had, a, had a good year, went to Japan, won lots of awards, and then it's come back to Annecy and played and played in competition and won the jury award. So, And then... It's it's going to be released in the UK in the end of this month and in the US in August. So all good for for that, and I'm looking forward to watching it. It's apparently mm, it's getting, it's getting a lot of love. Yeah, it's apparently fantastic. Um, another anime film also won the the crystal for a feature film, and that is Masaki Yuasa's Lou Over the World. Lou over the wall. Uh, Lou, oh, uh, Lou over the wall. Um, mm-hmm. which is one of two films that he is releasing this year because he's crazy um, <laughs> and he's releasing two feature films and also working on that Netflix De- Devilman Crybaby series so I don't know how he gets any he's sleep he's busy man busy yeah. busy busy but yeah it, it won the crystal for the feature film so and that is also coming to UK cinemas in the next few months so look out for that I don't think it's been picked up for the states yet but Mm. I know lots of people are fans of his work, so fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Um, and loving and Vincent. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Yeah, the, what did that that won an award as well, didn't it? It won the audience award. Woo! Apparently, it did really well, and it got standing ovations, and like all its screenings sold out and everything. So it nice. got obviously a crowd pleaser, or at least the kind of crowd that goes to Annecy I, I don't <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily going to pack multiplexes around the world but the the specific audience who go to Annecy to watch animated films are loving it so <laughs> no pun intended um, so <laughs> well done we're, there we're loving, we're loving that Vincent yeah um, Bojack Horseman won in TV for the episode Fish Out of Water which was was a standout episode. It's the um, episode where there's basically no dialogue because it's all oh. underwater. Um, yeah, it's a very good episode. It's in a very good series, so there you go. Mm-hmm. And also some French TV series that I haven't heard of won, <laughs> won <the> awards <laughs> as well. But um, the Crystal for Television production went to a UK production, which is... Roald Dahl's Revolting Rhymes Part 1 which was on TV over Christmas uh, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the podcast after watching yes, it yes you did yeah, I, you did. yeah it, was, it was a CG animation and it was a lot of fun and uh, 
yeah and there's lots of other winners uh we will obviously link to that in the show notes uh, yeah, a bunch of different short films graduation films commissioned mm-hmm. films but yeah, we'll, we'll make sure to include the whole link in the show notes for you guys if you're curious to look in to see who won mm-hmm. but i do think that's pretty much all uh we have to cover coming out of anesty but there was quite a lot going on it was again a bit more of a subdue there was just you know more you know showing film showings and obviously the uh news about the expanding of the festival to both asia and the u.s were like the huge thing you know huge stories coming out of there so i'm really happy to hear that the magic of anesty is spreading across across the globe so we'll more people can have the opportunity to enjoy it Indeed. Mm-hmm. But I think that might that might do it for today's episode. So uh, thank you again for joining us today, and I hope you enjoyed yourself. And we will be back next time for a follow up episode on episode eighty. We're like I said, we're fast, <laughs> fastly, we're fast approaching our uh, sec. Or how, what's what, what anniversary year we're coming up up to, Chris? The third year, I believe, of the se- podcast. Se- second, isn't it? Oh. Oh no, you're right. Second anniversary. My God, what? Yeah, the where, po- where is my brain? <laughs> the um, last year, uh, yeah, last December was the site's third birthday, but the uh, an- the podcast is is just a wee whippersnapper. And it's <laughs> just just about to turn to. Uh, yep. Nearly come walk. Um, <laughs> almost there. It's we're we're almost to the terrible twos, so we'll have to be ready for some bit of a little unruliness. But oh no! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, if you want to keep following us and what we're uh, doing here on Animation for Adults, feel free to check out the website and look up our, you know, obviously our stories concerning Annecy and other big news stories hitting the world of animation. We'll be sure to keep you covered along with any interesting reviews of, you know, movies, television, video games that are coming out. Uh, And also, if you want to follow us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest. Uh, We are also on Tumblr and Instagram. And I believe that might be all of our social medias. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me on Twitter at Fail2Ninja. And Chris, where can we find you on social media? You, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at Mr. Christor. That's uh, Mr. Spell out as a word, then Chris, then T O R. Very good. And as always, if you want to, if you want us to cover specific topics for the podcast, feel free to drop us a line on any one of those social media sites that I listed. Particularly, Twitter and Facebook would probably be the recommended ones. And. If you really want to, you know, if you want to support what we're doing and help us, you know, continue to do what we do best in covering animation news and and sharing animation for, you know, both professional and unprofessional, feel free to, you know, let us know if you want us to cover anything particular. And if you want to support us on the site and help us improve, because we should have some very interesting improvements on the way. Uh, feel free to visit our Patreon page and feel free to help us, you know, support our improvements and also if you're not sure if you're willing to commit to a Patreon which is since we're only asking for one dollar that's you know why not also we have a virtual cup of coffee I believe what's the site called Chris again I always mess up this name Co- Co- coffee or Ko-Fi yeah. 
Not Literally Kofi. Not Kofi or Kofi or whatever it is. That, um... It's spelled very strange, so that's why <laughs> yeah. I'm always like double-checking myself. Like, this is, how do you pronounce this? How does one say this word? But enough of my rambling. I believe I've taken up enough of your time. Thanks again for joining us, guys. We will see you on our next episode of the AFA Podcast. Bye! Take care.